Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. A few weeks ago, I talked about Viktor Frankl on this broadcast. Today, I want to have another go at describing his unique experiences and conclusions. Some of it will be stuff I said before, but the story has so roused my attention and imagination, I wanted to do it justice, so forgive me if some of it sounds familiar. Mr. Viktor Frankl became known and his name became famous due to his having survived the horrors of the Nazi concentration camps during World War II. These included the notorious Auschwitz. He saw all of his immediate family gassed in the infamous ovens or die from malnutrition or the savage treatment at the hands of those who thought they were bringing in the super race. Not many interned in these death camps actually lived to tell about it. Mr. Frankel was one of those few. He went on to become a world-famous psychiatrist and wrote about his experiences in the camps as he saw firsthand man's inhumanity to man. Unthinkable experiments on living human beings, ghastly images of starving men and women, boys and girls. Germans are notoriously meticulous people, sticklers for detail, and this trait created an environment where the so-called master race kept extensive records in minute detail of all that they did. The world would be haunted by these things when the war ended and after the Allies liberated the concentration camps, or what was left of them. I was saddened to learn some years ago that the great American technology company, IBM, assisted in the early days of the war years by providing the Nazis with their powerful data machines with which these gruesome records were held and analyzed by the demons who thought they were the master race. But back to Mr. Frankel. His only immediate family member to escape death at the hands of the Nazis was his sister who had previously escaped to Australia. All the other members of his immediate family, including his dear wife, died in the concentration camps. His very influential book, written in 1959, was named, in English, Man's Search for Meaning. And it summarized his discoveries and conclusions emanating out of his death camp experiences and observations. It was the basis of his research and seminal conclusions that framed his theories and established his therapeutic approach and philosophical outlook. His life work came out of these experiences and he introduced a new way of dealing with psychological issues of the human race. In his famous book, he summarized his experiences and his conclusions like this, and I quote, A thought transfixed me. For the first time in my life, I saw the truth and it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom by so many thinkers. The truth that love is the ultimate and the highest goal to which man can aspire. 
Then I grasped the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world may know bliss, be it only for a moment, in the contemplation of his beloved. In a position of utter desolation, when man cannot express himself in positive reaction, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, an honorable way, in such a position man can, through loving contemplation of the image he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. For the first time in my life I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. Unquote. You cannot contemplate words and thoughts like this. Powerful reactions and conclusions forged in the unbelievable horrors and painful experiences of the Nazi concentration camps, images of his beloved wife and the incredible bond of love that he had experienced with her came to his rescue apparently time and time again. As he suffered in the camps, deprivation and pain, his memories of the deep love that he held for his wife, clear memories of her smile and her love helped him to attain and retain his sanity and helped him survive one of the most horrific human experiences of modern times. Love. I recall immediately the verse that says, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for a friend. And again I remembered, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his unique son. Have you considered the power of love? God is love. That is his very nature. So it is reasonable to accept that love is the single most important qualities that we humans can express to one another. It helped Viktor Frankl survive the horrors of Auschwitz. It brought my Lord to this world and allowed him to go to the cross to suffer and die for me as my substitute. There are faith, hope, and love, said the Apostle Paul, but the greatest of these is love. So are we surprised at Mr. Frankel's conclusions?
Now with his message for today, here's Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Good morning and a blessed new year to you all. We thank God for his blessings of the past year and look forward to even greater ones in the coming year. Truly we can say with confidence, hitherto, that is up to this point in time, God has been with us. And since we know that he will be faithful to us, even though we may be unfaithful to him, we know that he will be with us throughout the new year as well. Our God is a good God, beloved. Let's begin this new year then by praising and worshiping him for who he is. Yes, good, but also loving, kind, gracious, compassionate, caring, merciful, and just. Let's commit or recommit ourselves to following him and obeying his word in this new year. Let the prayer of David in Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5, be ours as well. Hear the word of the psalmist. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all day long. Amen. That's Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Beloved, God is worthy of our praise, of our worship, and of our complete obedience. Let's commit today, right now, to loving Him completely, serving Him faithfully, and obeying Him without reservation. In the coming weeks, and perhaps even months, I want to share with you what I believe God has been impressing upon my heart, my mind, and my soul during the past several months. It has to do with the days in which we live and God's careful instructions as to how and why we should live in these days. Verses such as 1 Chronicles 12 verse 32 has been impressed upon me in an extraordinary way. Here's what that verse says. The author is describing the people who threw in their lot with David against Saul. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 1 Chronicles 12.32 Hear the word of God. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All of these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. End of quote. Notice carefully. The text says, All these men understood the signs of the times and as a result of that understanding, they knew the best course for Israel to take. 
In other words, their understanding of events around them equipped and enabled them to respond to them in a meaningful and effective and godly way. Friends, we are facing many serious social, political, economic, and spiritual problems in our community today. Crime, violence, and moral corruption pervade our land. Government seems to be at a loss to come up with solutions that will cause us to live a godly and peaceable life. The uncertainty of the effects of the impending introduction of the dreaded VAT form of taxation has caused a sense of uncertainty and much apprehension on the part of our people. The church seems to be just as ineffective and even at times a hindrance to offering solutions due to the pervasive negative perception of church leaders in our country today. Now we could go on and on listing such current events that tell us we are living in what the Bible calls the last days. In fact, even unbelievers and people who say they do not believe the Bible is the Word of God are saying the same thing. If it's one time we need people who understood the signs of the times and know the best course of our country to take, my friends, it is now. My objective during the coming weeks then is to take you through the Bible, which I believe to be the infallible, divinely inspired Word of God, to see what it has to say about these days, so that we might understand the times in which we live, and therefore be able to respond and live the way we should, the way God wants us to do, as the light of the world and as the salt of the earth. Here are a few other verses that give us an indication of these days as prophesied by Jesus Christ and man moved by the Holy Spirit. They underline one of the major characteristics of the days in which we live. Listen carefully and see if you can discern what that characteristic is. First, Matthew chapter 24 verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 and 11. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. Matthew 24, verse 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Those are the words of Jesus Christ himself, our Master, our Lord, and our Savior. Now listen to the Apostle Paul, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come, and they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers 
having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Listen also to the Apostle Peter in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and brought up themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness they shall with feigned or deceptive words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation does not slumber. Listen also to Jude, the brother of Jesus according to the flesh, that is, his half-brother, Jude, verse 3. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity, notice that, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. That's the word of God. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And finally, listen to the beloved Apostle John in 1 John 4 verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. End of quote. It is unmistakable, isn't it, my friends? The days in which we now live will be characterized by false teachings and deceptive teaching. Deception will be one of the major characteristics of these days and will be done not only by unbelievers outside the church, but also and especially perhaps by those who profess to be true believers and are a part of the local church. The Word of God clearly teaches then that in these days in which we are now living, false teachers shall bring in damnable heresies. That's 2 Peter 2. They shall turn away their ears from the truth. That's the people who listen to them. That's 2 Timothy 4 verse 4. Professing believers shall turn to devise fables. 2 Timothy 4 4 again. They will not endure sound doctrine, sound biblical teaching. 2 Timothy 4 3. Some shall even depart from the faith. 1 Timothy 4 1. And Jesus says, The love of many shall wax cold. Matthew 24 verse 12. Beloved, there are many men and women today calling themselves pastors, priests, bishops, prophets, and yes, even apostles, who are claiming to speak for God and claiming to proclaim the word. But they are teaching all kinds of foolishness and even heretical doctrines. Paul is clear. He says their mouths must be stopped. But how and by whom? Again, Paul is clear. It is by believers who can discern truth from error and the word of God from the word of man. This discernment, though, is only possible if we know the word of God ourselves. I say again, 
if there ever was a time when believers should be like the Berean Christians in Paul's day, it is today, the times in which we live. Paul says that these Berean believers were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they received the word of God with great eagerness, but they didn't stop there examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And actually, in other words, they were actually checking the word of God, the Old Testament in this case, to see if what Paul was preaching was correct. I would dare say that very few believers do this today when listening to many well-known preachers. Very few of them very rarely have ever examined the scriptures to see whether these things that are being preached are so. Rather than examining the essence or content of what the preacher is preaching, it seems that many today examine the way they dress, their charisma, the ability to make them laugh. They look at his or her reputation very rarely as well. Once these preachers have a big, well-known name, they take what such folks say as gospel without examining the scriptures themselves to see whether these things are so according to the word of God. And so today, we have a lot of blind leading the blind, and so many are falling into the ditch of false teaching, heresy, and spiritual deception. They're singing their way even as they go to an endless eternity because of being deceived. These are the times in which we live. The Bible exhorts us to know, to perceive, and to understand these signs so that we would know how to live in a way that pleases God and be able to aggressively contend for the faith that was once for all delivered unto the people of God by man divinely inspired and moved along by the Holy Spirit. This, then, will be our theme for our time with you each Lord's Day for the next several weeks. So please, I implore you, if it is all possible... Please have your Bibles open before you as you listen to us in the weeks ahead. Be like the Bereans to see whether or not what I am saying is true to the Word of God. We are living in desperate days, my friends. This is the time we must discern signs of the times and know how to live as a result. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Selah. Think and act on these things. It can happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It could happen in a moment, he could break the eastern sky. Though our hearts will feel unworthy. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, 
Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. The great commander's promise, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and our toiling will be Happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every morning for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and our toiling will be in a moment Jesus Christ could come again